Okay, well, uh, welcome listeners. Madhu Wicca, this is Sunrise. I want to welcome everyone to Real Indigenous Podcast. I'm here with our usual uh, primary producer host. Uvanga Angela, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, and today we are responding to the news that has been dropped over the last week. The revelation of the Echo series has given us new information through a trailer. So we're just going to kind of respond to it. And of course, we want to hear your comments. So hit us up on the social media and let us know what your thoughts are. Uh, and right now, it sounds like it's just Angela and I. So it's going to be a little intimate unless somebody happens to just drop in as we do. So I guess what we'll do is we'll just kind of dig in to this. Yeah, let's, let's jump uh, in. Let's, let's take a look in. at it. I watched it on my phone. Do you know how hard it is to see details on your phone? Well, I guess it depends on the, the kind of phone that you've got. Right? Oh, well, it's not great. Oh, yeah, I mean, okay. most of us don't have a great phone. I still have an eight. <laughs> okay. So I understand. <laughs> Maya's always telling me to get a different phone. I'm for phone yeah. update. Which it probably is true, but it's such a nice size. Yeah. They do seem to get bigger and bulkier, heavier. Yeah. I mean, I might as well get a pad if I'm going to be dealing with something large, right? Okay, so before we kind of like get into some of the details, let's just get into our backgrounds in relation to this particular character of Echo and maybe this, whatever's led up to this character. So let's talk about the familiarity of this character, maybe the Marvel MCU elements, and then we'll get kind of get into the specifics and the nitty gritty of the tribal stuff. But, uh, Angela, where, do you, where are you in relation to this character? What do you know? What do you not know? So I only know about Echo from watching Hawkeye. That's my yeah. familiarity with it, is watching Hawkeye. And that was, how long ago was Hawkeye? I feel like that was two years ago, I think. In total transparency here, I am not, I don't read comic books. I like watching superheroes and comics on like the series and the movies but to sit down and watch to like actually read a comic book not something that i do regularly but i've enjoyed watching the dc and marvel universes expand expand their series yeah so you're you're sort of a casual experiencer when it comes I, to i am a casual experiencer you know i know enough to be able to talk nerd with other geeks and keep up with the conversation but if it gets into any depth about you know their origin stories or the canic the canon how it's re relates to the canon i yeah i'm way more into the star wars stuff <laughs> right yeah and just just to clarify hawkeye came out in 2021 Okay. November 11th. So essentially oh, two yeah. years ago. Yeah. Gosh, it's been two years? It's been two years. And then it released periodically. Right? That was um, one of the first series to drop on Disney+. Plus, and it came out um, between November um, 24th, actually. Number, number, number 20, number, number one, episode one aired on the 24th followed by episode two also on the 24th and then it dropped almost every week come december so december 1st december 8th december 15th and then the 22nd and it was sort of surrounding the tone of christmas and building up toward christmas oh i see that candace has joined us welcome candace hey yeah so candace is here why don't you yeah why don't you tell us a little bit about your familiarity with just the character or the marvel universe and where it might fit well of course hawkeye i wasn't that familiar with hawkeye you know i mean i was uh, i thought i was like the average marvel movie goer i would go and i would usually go see it either in theaters or wait till of course streaming streaming really took off i feel like uh, i don't know mid mid avengers They've been released over, what, since 10 years, a, spe a, a span of 10 years, let's say? Yeah, I think since 2008, which was, I think, my Iron Man. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll say roughly 10 years, give some. I had no clue about Hawkeye, really. I mean, uh, first appearance, I think, was Thor 
yeah, that was my first exposure to him as a character. And so when Hawkeye dropped, I was purely, I was purely into watching Hawkeye for Echo's character because I'd been hearing, you know, some things uh, I did not know. I did was not familiar with Echo. Echo, uh, I'd heard, you know, that there was this bad A native character and I was hooked from the moment I started watching uh, whenever Echo entered into uh, the show. Uh, Roy and I, of course, we watched it. We watched it faithfully every week. In fact, I started calling it Echo, not Hawkeye. Like, that's how invested I was in becoming a fan of the character uh, because I just thought she's she's just a total bad A. I mean, I love her look. I love her design. Love the hair. And I love that she is, um, she is kind of, we want to see our native superheroes, of course. And, but what Marvel what Marvel has been really good at doing, I feel like when they're not relying too much on CGI to tell the stories is they can draw really compelling or they can really, they're really good at humanizing their villains, you know, and, or, or their quote unquote villains. They're very good at, for the most part, at giving them good backstories. So, or at what made them, at what made them be the way that they are. And so their motivations usually pretty intriguing. Uh, that's my exposure to Echo uh prior to Hawkeye I didn't know anything about her so I went in cold and now I'm a fan what about you Sunrise what's your experience with this character my experience was just vague that there was an echo out in the world prior to the series and uh, when somebody mentioned that echo was in it I was very curious um but I'm very similar to Candace where I you know and very similar to you where I'm not I, I was a casual reader of Marvel back in the 80s and 90s, very casual, not at all a completist. Uh, I don't even know that, you know, Thor was Marvel versus like DC back when the issues started coming out. And I was not a fan of Hawkeye, even though I'm a fan of the of the Thor series. I was, I'm not a fan of maybe Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. There's just something very kind of bland about him. And so I went into this with a little hesitancy just because of the performance and because of what seemed to be a very poorly laid out character in the other series. Um, so I felt like I had to be convinced. The tone of the Hawkeye series really convinced me to stay involved because it felt like it was taking things from Die Hard. It was an action Christmas film, and that was fun. And I really loved the score. And I almost forgot that Echo was in the series until Echo appeared. And I do remember I shouted out loud that there's Echo. So that was very exciting. And I also enjoy the look of Echo. And I like the uh, the nature of her self-reliance and her skill. It was cool that she's also a child of Zahn. All those things kept me involved on top of the things I was already liking about the Hawkeye series. Even though I didn't like the Hawkeye character in the previous films. But... I was not able to discern it, it, anything that came from comics, anything that was refined. Uh, the only things that I could discern was how this played out in relation to like the Marvel cinematic universe up to that point and roughly some of the series. I can't remember if um, Loki came out at the same time or if it was before or after. I do remember people talking about how all these series that were coming out, this first wave of the series kind of was ill-timed in relation to the release of the movies. And I remember thinking, how does this play out with other films? And will we see Echo? And I was anticipating Echo and some of the other movies that would come out. And I would have loved to see Echo appear in some of the films. Hopefully that's still the case. You know, the Marvels will be coming out. Maybe, maybe. Echo might make an appearance. That'd be amazing. Somewhere between cinematic fan and loose comic knowledge. So very similar to both of you. I wish Matt Bars were here. I feel like he would have a little bit more something to say about the history of Echo, probably, and its importance in relation to the how she was revealed and all that. I don't. I don't actually know anything about how the character parallels to the comics. It's something that I wish I knew. In regards to the series, we know that it's been pushed a couple times. Right. And it, it it was meant to come out at the same time, basically. It was meant to come out in November. And it was meant, I think, at some point. And it was implied that it was going to come out episodically every week. And now we're at a point where it's going to drop all at once. 
And I think this trailer is also kind of like making that announcement that it's going to all drop on January 10th. What does that mean to you, Jan- Angela? Do you think that has some significance? <laughs> I mean, we, it, we talked it about does, it very briefly with Patrick. Yeah, you know. it worries. It does worry me. I mean, the fact that it's not going to be something that's anticipated week after week like Loki is. Like Miss Marvel was. Well, wait, was Miss Marvel? I don't remember. But like Loki is and like a lot of these streaming series have gotten into the habit of dropping weekly. So yeah, it makes me a little nervous that everything keeps getting pushed, keeps kind of just seems to be delayed a lot. Yeah, delayed. And then also it seems like it's been condensed. Right. So like you just mentioned Ms. Marvel that did drop weekly between like June 8th and July 13th. It was weekly. It was a weekly drop. And I think Echo is the first time where we're really kind of seeing an entire series drop all at once, which I feel like, I mean, that's, that was a big thing when it happened with um, that Kevin Spacey series on Netflix, that David Fincher directed presidential drama. The other thing that worries me is that, you know, these series are female leads so ms marvel she hulk and now echo have all been female led and i don't know that the streaming numbers are sustaining the way they have for other series just because uh, you know i don't know i don't know why i i've liked all of these series she-Hulk was great, but it wasn't your standard superhero series, you know. Ms. Marvel is super great. I yes. enjoyed it immensely. And Ms. Marvel awesome. was amazing. It was marvelous. She was amazing. <laughs> I love Kamala Khan. Agreed. I can't. That's one of the reasons I can't wait for the Marvels. Yeah, I'm I'm super stoked about those. But I did hear from from Mabu that there were bro dudes who were not happy with these female led people of color mm-hmm. were different than Captain America and mm-hmm. Iron Man. You know, um not that I have anything against Iron Man or Captain America, really, but they're like, uh, but I didn't, I myself, I stay away from that side of the internet, so I don't know what the bro dudes were saying, but I, I can imagine what was being said, and it doesn't need to be repeated here. It's, it's discouraging, and especially discouraging mm-hmm. because the studios listen. Yeah, yeah. I think it has some effect on how this is being marketed. Yeah. But after this trailer came out, I mean, everybody's just saying all good things about the trailer. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I I was I'm stoked for the trailer. I I wanted to go out for that casting call when they were asking for uh, powwow dancers, but it was like what a week in Georgia, and you had to pay your own way. Right. And I was like, I don't know if I can afford to just go hang in Georgia with my regalia <laughs> for a week. <laughs> So funny, a side story, when we were shooting the overnight shoot for Fancy Dance at First Americans Museum, you know, all of the background showed up and we were all in line and it was like a scene from extras, except mm-hmm. like native style. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was like, hey, you look familiar. Were you on Echo? Yeah, I was in Echo for blah, 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 and from blah, blah, blah. And then I had to come back and da, 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 da. And then, you know, they were just name dropping all these series that they've done background for and exchanging and, you know, figuring out who was who and stuff. And I was just like, wow, where's mm-hmm. Ricky Gervais when we need it? Where's our, <laughs> where's our native Ricky Gervais? <laughs> Are, is he in the mirror, Angela or Sunrise? <laughs> A one off? native extras episode yes <laughs> yeah. there was an element of friends he's like i'm the background guy you know that always did this move when the camera went by it was like i was like this that's is amazing. cool 
that we're a bunch of cool natives that we get to have these stories now. This is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is cool. And it's it's amazing that it's not just like from one piece of storytelling. It's not just Dances with Wolves, which, you know, then we kind of like didn't have as many extras, maybe a little bit in Geronimo. It's not like, I mean, Smoke Signal's a, a pinnacle in our cinema history, but because it was independent, could not offer the opportunity for so much background. And then, of course, as we get to these studio pictures or independent works that are semi-studio related, like uh, Apocalypto has been coming to mind lately. Like there's a lot of people in Apocalypto. And obviously now that we've got Killers, we've got Echo. That's tremendous. And uh, yeah. Echo apparently had 200 background. Whoa. And this, you know, uh, that I like if we're talking about a powwow, I think it's really important for us to get a sense that there's a lot of people at these dances, like both dancers, judges, royalty, and then spectators. And I feel like it's such a tremendous thing just to put one on in real life. Yeah. Never mind, like trying to make it happen, right? For movies. Um. Quite an undertaking. And then they get everybody dressed and get everybody fed. Uh huh. And yeah. you have to go through the protocol raising the flag and the board dancing and blessing the grounds and it starts in the morning <laughs> that, well really it starts a year in advance really but the day of you start in the right. morning. <laughs> <laughs> a good powwow anyway good dance uh, i also saw revealed too that the lady who did my wedding moccasins made a piece for stephen paul judd for him to walk the red carpet in for this for uh, you know for the opening of this trailer and Stephen Paul Judd's getting a lot of he's getting a lot of attention and limelight and you know that's a I have to shout out the bead worker Casey Renee she does this beautiful scroll work southeastern style and I and once again like like with res dogs uh, we're seeing the rise of or the popularization and pop culture of the normalization of our Mississippian iconography. We saw it on Biggs, his uh, light horse patch. And now we're going to see more in Echo. And that's like, it was, I'm, I saw some pictures of, uh, I think, some kind of um, outfit that I think she's going to wear. And uh, I saw the sun circle and I was like, oh, we're going to have some Southeastern Mississippian iconography up in here. Well, and I think we can safely say that this is another show that's got a native showrunner, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's Sydney Freeland. Is it a showrunner? It, it, is is the showrunner? a showrunner? I know that Sydney is a director and we want to get this right, right? Um right. There's limited information that's been released, I think, right now. And the people that I am seeing, of course, are Kevin Feige, Amy Rarden, Brad Winderbaum, and Eaton Cohen. Those are the people that have been indicated as producers. And there's a series of writers that have been revealed, not the full writing staff, but Marion Dyer and Amy Rarden, one of the producers. They're listed as head writers. But there's nobody that's really been indicated as a showrunner uh, officially. So, but at least Sydney is um, a primary director. And Stephen Paul Jed is involved also. I don't see his credits, but I know he's involved because he got himself a really bomb. Instead of moccasins? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's a, a medallion piece, like a tiered medallion piece. Anyway, you can go to his Insta and you can you can see his gear. So last weekend was the Choctaw Pow Wow, and they had a premiere of the trailer at the Pow Wow with Chief. With I thought chief. they played. They didn't play the entire episode. They just played the trailer. According to the Insta, it was the trailer. Okay. But I, I mean, we weren't there, so yeah. There was a red carpet to be had. Yeah. I'm excited 
to see, to come to fruition, some of the things that I've been hearing about, but I don't want to do any spoilers, but you know, we all know probably, we all know people who've worked on this film. And I know a guy who was a consultant on the film for a very specific thing. And he was, um, yeah, I know, <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> uh, for, and I think he featured as a, as a model for, for like different crowd goers. So uh, that, cause it, there's this supposed to be a huge scene. You know, I, I just heard that he was, um, he had to go lean himself out to portray a, a specific kind of historical athletic, athletic sport, which is, is a game that's more than a sport. It's more than a sport to us. And it was more than a sport to us historically, but I'm excited to see what does that look like? Because we have a lot of people who do a lot of revivalist work around here, around Cherokee Nation, and around throughout Oklahoma. And I've always wondered what, what does this game look like in history because we've always been told hundreds of people played it hundreds of people and you know in a real life you know pre-contact game there would be hundreds of people playing and so I'm wondering what does that look like and I think we got a we get a hint of it we get it just a just a quick taste of it in the trailer just wondering what what did Disney come up with yeah, so you're—I mean—you're starting to walk into the details of the trailer. You feel like there's anything you can reveal about what you are seeing in the trailer that might suggest one thing or another? Oh, there's a well. There's definitely this montage where it looks like she's in the past. Maybe it looks like there's a reference to the past, and that's the the specific thing that I'm talking about. Is that I think I know what that scene is. And uh, I want to know, yep, that's it. You see, she's holding stickball sticks. Yeah, basically a minute 13 into the trailer. Yeah, she's holding stickball sticks. And uh, I'm also curious to see about this game because I've always been told Cherokees, we don't play with stickball sticks. Women don't. Women don't play with the stickball sticks, but I've heard that Choctaws do. There's a specific reason why women don't, and it uh, just has to do with this idea that uh, women are life givers those are weapons of war that's what that stick ball that's what those stick ball sticks represent but in choctaw game it's fair game men versus women women can play with the stick ball sticks and so can men so uh i'm curious to know what does this pre-contact ball game where women have stick ball sticks what does that look like when played because it looks pretty it looks like it's going to be pretty uh pretty rugged in a cool way yeah, it is pretty amazing that it's going to be pre-contact. And yeah, I'm very curious as well. When I say pre-contact, I mean pre-European contact, because this game is all contact. <laughs> <laughs> That's a contact sport. Full yeah. contact. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it seems like throughout the trailer, it's not just that particular moment either. I mean, there are shots right before it in a forest, which look like maybe, I'm not sure what the time period, maybe that's more recent but it feels like there's other moments where we kind of glimpse um the past there's like a a moment of coming out of i'm not sure what the environment is but like it like a minute and 18 seconds there's kind of a walk back into like a a community space mm -hmm. in what seems like pre-contact environment mm -hmm. and again it seems like there are dozens of extras and uh, bright and sunny and alive and active. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it seems to contrast greatly with some, some of the things we're seeing in the modern day, which are a little bit darker in color and tone and light. There's a lot of gloom. Yeah, okay. So we're at least identifying that there's stickball. We're thinking that there's going to be a time period. You're already implying the idea of the little war that we associate with stickball the implication of violence. Um, those are things that being are seem to be thematically related to Echo. Echo was also quite violent in the Hawkeye series. Are there other things that we're seeing? Well, those are fancy dancers. I know that. So there's definitely a powwow scene going on and they're contesting. And what <laughs> what's interesting is like, it's so orderly. It's like, there is a, it's not just contest, but it's orderly contest because it's like number 60 is right next to 61. Oh, I didn't even oh, notice that. Well, I don't, all right. Totally taking me out. Breaking my <laughs> suspension of reality. That 
Oh, I was like, wow. <laughs> I bet everybody showed up too for a grand entry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like in reality, 60 would probably not be dancing with 61 if those dudes were lined up like against each other. Like in reality, like if the money is good, if the competition money is good, there will be so many fancy dancers and the judges will go and give them a number and put them in two groups and make them dance in two groups and give them at least two songs. Fake. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh hollywood <laughs> oh hollywood <laughs> but that's great that there is um that's great that there's at least a powwow that's great um, but it's interesting that there's not a stomp yeah that is interesting but we'll say maybe there's a stomp in the pre-contact game because stick ball is usually part of that ceremony as well or it is now but I also like you're scrolling over the the powwow scene, and then you see in another the, there's also this image of a bird. You see that bird? It looks like a woodpecker. It's a wood. Yeah, so that's a ruby throated woodpecker. That's also an important bird to all southeastern tribes. That bird shows up time and time again on our shell gorgets, and it's um, I think it's the largest mammal. And uh, like one of the largest mammal or one of the largest bird species across the, you know, the Northern hemisphere. It's a very important bird. It's a very important bird to the Southeastern tribes. So I feel like we're getting into some of that iconography and I'm wondering like who, who advise them on like uh, some of this. So, uh, and no, it's good. It's in a good way. I'm like, Ooh, intrigued. Yeah. That's a pretty cool observation. I, I, I don't know who their advisor is, but that would be great to know. Yeah, no, because I'm like, ooh, someone who knows. Um, are there other moments? I mean, there's there's a lot of violence that happens in this trailer. Um, there's a there lot are, of violence. There's a lot of <clears throat> yeah. characters. There's other sequences that happen in the in the contemporary period. I I have high hopes for these action sequences. I I don't have I don't enjoy a lot of uh, superhero action sequences. If you know the fight scenes, if I'm quite honest, like Black Widow is annoying. And here's why. Here's why. Because one of my favorite things, one of my favorite things in the world to do is stage combat. Now stage combat as it translates to film is very different because a lot of times you're actually making contact with your partner. And um, I like that. I, I like it a lot because it requires a lot of trust between you and your scene partner. A lot of superhero movies, it's not just Marvel that's guilty of this. This has just become the standard fare for a lot of action movies, especially those that require a lot of special effects where, you know, in a Jackie Chan movie, you can see the contacts. The fight makes sense. The fight's like a dance, you know? And of course, he's a real martial arts person. You can see where the hit, the throw makes contact. You can, you understand what what's going on. However, and a lot of times in modern day action movies, I get so annoyed because now the editors, and, and this isn't, this isn't on the editors. This is just this is just the way the industry works now. But now they've gotten to where, oh, well, well you don't really, you don't have, you, you, we're going to do this differently. And now whenever we, you make contact, quote unquote, on the punch or the kick or whatever it is, we edit and we're going from a different angle. And so now I don't understand what's going on in the stupid fight. That's another thing about Transformers. That's why it's just grappling CGI. I don't understand what's touching what, what's hitting what, what's, what's, cutting what like I don't understand the fight and it's just it becomes a bunch of blah I don't understand the point of it in the storytelling there's no arc there's no arc to the fight the fight does not further the story it's just a bunch of cool lights and effects so I feel very strongly about this because I trained very hard you know to to be a good scene partner when it come when it came to stage fighting and that was hand to hand and that was a saber so I trained myself to like, uh, you know, to do this. And so uh, whenever I see someone who's really good at it, and I think that the character of Echo obviously really is, and obviously Vincent D'Onofrio, I think that they've obviously, they've, they've obviously trained and they're obviously like really good. So I'm, I'm excited to, I have high hopes for the action scenes that maybe they will let it, maybe they'll let the camera 
go out a little bit, give us a wider angle and let us see the full motion of the fights. You know, I can appreciate a good fight scene whenever I can understand what's making contact with what, you know, why is that person backing up? Why is that person coughing blood all of a sudden? Oh, it's because they got hit in the kidney, you know? So anyway, I hope that there were, there were uh, good choices for the audience so the audience can understand what's going on in the fight scenes. Yeah, that's a good observation. The fact that um, the way in which choreography, camera placement and cutting all contribute to a sense of like comprehension of the physics. I think that is definitely uh, an element that gets underserved, especially when you're like expediting execution. So it's efficient. The first thing that seems to go is like when you don't have much time for whatever reason, you just get more shots, which is sort of like counterintuitive, but it allows you to kind of control how much of the scene you stage and how much you have to be accurate for. And when there's any kind of choreography, you just need more time, both like in the rehearsal and the execution of it um, and refinement. If you mess up one part of the shot, then obviously you have to restart the whole thing. It takes a lot of time. It seems like maybe conceptually, it might take a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, the character is someone who seems to speak in action just by also the nature of their hearing. It seems like they have to be, active and moving and it's about gesture and the body as much as it is about when they're making physical decisions and physical outcomes so i think somebody asked a valid question if daredevil is in this and he has trouble seeing so he communicates verbally and she has trouble hearing how are how are they gonna how are they gonna relate to each other yeah yeah how are they gonna connect I mean, the one thing that I think unites is the reverberation, right? Rhythm. If 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 he were able to tap, you know, with like a bar or something and hit the ground and we feel a reverb, right? That's the echo, right? Echolocation. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm guessing. <laughs> I guess we'll find uh, out in January. I guess we'll find out in all in one day. So what I'm, I really, really, really appreciate is that we're talking about two major releases by major studios that are tribally specific. You know, we're talking about the Osage people, and now we're talking about the Choctaw people. And I think it's a great step forward to show how different we all are, that we are all different, and to show that each of us have compelling characters and stories that people are going to be interested in and that they're layered and nuanced. I mean, we see, we see pre-contact ceremonies and then we see post-contact ceremonies in probably the Christian Choctaw church where they're singing hymns, you know, we're guessing it's just, I'm, I'm really excited now, I haven't ever seen a stickball player built like this dude coming out of the tent or whatever. But if I did, I would probably be way more invested in stickball. <laughs> Note to self. Note to the producers. Shoot for the female gaze. Yeah. Yeah. Time to shoot for the female gaze. You are you are you are making a really good point. The fact that like these series are making it's not just that they're tribally specific but they're going to places to clarify how these tribes are specific by the different histories and the different forms of ceremony and the different ways in which they maybe engage with each other right like that's all really important and then um Candace is identifying very specific iconography um, yeah. right yeah. uh even though yeah. we're kind of seeing it i guess on big a little bit but oh and i apologize i left out prey so there's three three very big very specific stories heck yeah i mean but yeah. also res dogs awesome. is also specific right very specific very creek is 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 it like are they overtly creek muskogee creek yeah they are they're using creek language they're uh they're in O'Kern, just called mulgi <laughs> they have um creek names fixico and yeah, they're they're using Creek words, you know, the way that the way that a lot of people around here would just, you know, put some Cherokee words, you know, they they 
you know, they say tell each other hinge J, you know, or or humbuck um humbuck chess. Humbuck chess. Humbuck chess. Let's you know go eat. Though I am surprised I didn't hear Chokachi anywhere. So that's four. That's four series. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, within that's the past cool. what year? Two years? Yeah. Year and a half? Two years? Yeah. That's, that's pretty, pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah, that that's that is pretty cool. So I'm interested in the other guy this 1800s kid with who's hollering in, out in the woods with his little hat on yeah black and white it's about one minute 26 seconds in yeah the black and white seems to suggest that it's a different time period mm-hmm. um probably post-contact but pre the fiction of echo's primary story as an adult and that's an interesting other thread here the fact that we're kind of jumping into other time periods not just not just quote-unquote past to present it's like past farther back in the past maybe the present but yeah that, parents time mm-hmm, absolutely that would be very interesting to see how that plays out i'm very excited by the fact that and two appears in this I, I i i you know i jumped back and both maya and i, I think really responded when Tantu appeared and then like when devery appears we're both like oh oh so those two moments are really striking just in the fact that we've got heavy hitters when it comes to performers that are highlights in the series and they're being sold and treated as a reveal that seems to be really valuing the actors and their contribution to what might be attracting viewership. So I feel like that's really interesting kind of like tactic on part of the trailer to reveal that these particular actors are a selling point, but I'm so excited to see 10 too, but I feel like, uh, Angela, you had a different response to Tantu. I think that I, our indigenous yeah. actors are starting to suffer from the British actor syndrome of there's only five of them available to be in productions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tantu has played just about every tribe, not every tribe, but she's played a lot. A lot lot. of people. And I think of her specifically in my lifetime and just within the past. I don't know. How old was Outlander? How old do you think Outlander is? Eight years. Okay. Eight years. Well, this, I was thinking of Tantu Cardinal in uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. And I'm like, yeah, here she is playing playing Lizzie Q, Wajaji old person. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Wajaji elder. Not old person. Sorry. Wajaji elder matriarch person and then i think of her uh playing Otawehi in a, a cherokee person cherokee um healer in outlander and i just think girl you just you just play about everything and almost yeah. every tribe and it's like she's every woman so uh, no disrespect no disrespect to tantu no disrespect to tantu but i am like there are like a lot of native women out there and this is no disrespect she has she has bona fide she has credit she will do an amazing job but there there there's other there's more of us out here there's more people out there but good for tantu for her. I, I think it's just pretty cool that she's also like contemporary. I feel like I haven't seen her contemporary in a while. Yeah. And the fact that she's sitting there with like glasses and like this like hoodie. Uh I think it's pretty cool. And sitting next to Cody Lightning. So it's sort of like making me expect something, right? Isn't that Cody? Right? Am I am I dreaming that? No, I'm sure. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's Cody. Uh but just those elements together are getting me excited about like what the the family environment is going to be around Echo or who these characters are in relation to Echo. Um Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious about the role of Rink and then how that how what like where Devery's role is in all of this. I used to associate Devery more with like action. I feel like when she was younger, she was in more active roles with a lot of choreography and violence and it felt like she because of reservation dogs has kind of gone away and is now maybe perhaps coming back to that. I don't know. We don't really see her much action sequences here, but the implication is there. Maybe we have to wait for trailer two to drop. This is a very violent series. This is like, do you guys remember when all of these were on Netflix? Uh Uh-huh. And how Disney was kind of like trying to separate 
out Jessica Jones and from from their Disney Plus. And now that they've kind of brought it all back under one umbrella, you have to like they tell you you have to go in and fix your settings. Yeah, you have to have the mature streamers. Yeah, to be sure to take care of the maturity of the the violence on this. So it is going to have a, oh yeah, it has a TVMA rating. So yeah, that's that's a big deal. It is a big deal for Disney. And um, that's, that's what, that was my observation. I am, I'm excited to see Vincent D'Onofrio. I like Vincent D'Onofrio. I was a, I was always a that kid who came home and watched Law and Order, and yeah. you know he made criminal intent. <laughs> he made criminal intent, and when yeah. he left, it just kind of pooped out. Of course, I was more of a Mariska Hargitay SVU person, but Vincent, when Vincent Not- D'Onofrio was on Criminal Intent, you know he made he made that character, and I'm he's one of the really reasons I watch Men in Black. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to see what he, because we've talked about the violence, but something about Vincent D'Onofrio is we know now we we know that we got the hint. You know, we we got the hint in um, <laughs> you know, I wanted to call it Echo and Hawkeye that he's going to be a very menacing character. He's going to there's going to be more to him than violence. I I'm kind of I want to see a little bit of. I kind of want him to scare me a bit because I know that Vincent D'Onofrio can go there. So I know that there will be more to him than just brute violence. And we can already tell I'm already really liking this tension, this power play that we're seeing going on in the trailer, this dynamic, you know, this uncle niece protege thing going on. Yeah. It is interesting how they really emphasize that that whether she's going to become like him or not just based on like that cutting between those two sequences where he's punching and she's punching and then they're walking away hand in hand at the end like it's definitely a story about that surrogate parentage and it's it sort of feels like it's the professional to me a little bit the luke basson film where there was like that the assassin that's training a young person to become an assassin and follow through and somewhere between a mentor and a parent, whether that's appropriate or not, but it seems like it's also linked probably by vengeance. And those are the things that are going to be the driving force, perhaps. All those things make sense when it comes to like the superhero world. And again, I'm not familiar with Echo's story in the books, in the graphic novels, but I would imagine it's probably related to vengeance. And I guess my, my, maybe concern about all that is just not falling into some just tropes of um, natives that are vengeful and um, that's all that she is I, I doubt that that's the case but I feel like if there's anywhere to be concerned it might be that but it seems like it's also grounded in these elements of the cultural specifics of war and battle especially when it comes to stickball or the alligator and <laughs> learning how to hunt anyway is, that's is a vengeful native a trope i mean i would say like definitely in the the 60s and 70s the oh, gotcha, the idea gotcha. right yeah, i mean yeah. even billy um, jack billy jack right and it's not vengeance that was acted upon them it's it's vengeance against what's perpetrated upon a community specifically for Billy Jack and I, I would imagine it's similar to New York and Echo um, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. right or even her people so I feel like that's you know maybe to some degree maybe resurrecting a certain genre that has been dormant for a while and there's certainly no reason why it can't be indigenized especially if you've got someone like Stephen Paul Judd that is also handling that kind of material in the um, Dark Winds episode um, where we have Vengeance but it's it's nested in a larger development of character and it also is making a sort of a statement against the long walk so i'm sure that there's some way it's threaded into some grounding and it's not just a stereotype i doubt it will be but i feel like if there's anything that i might be worried about it might be that what is it called red exploitation 
I don't know if we actually have a term. It probably would be red exploitation. I'm sure somebody's got a term, but I, I think I've labeled stuff that listed that stuff. But yeah, it, it reminds me a little bit of also like Navajo Joe, which Burt Reynolds is like this bloodthirsty Navajo set on revenge. Oh, you know, really great score. And, you know, in fact, we hear we hear the score cue of Navajo Joe at the moment where um, Beatrix Kiddo is killing Bill when she kills him and he takes his final steps. And there's sort of like this Western score. It's like Morricone. It's like, you know, saddened and melancholy. And also like there's a bit of honor. And that that whole cue is from Navajo Joe. Red exploitation. Any other final thoughts? Let's watch it. Yeah. Drop it sooner. Drop it sooner. <laughs> drop it sooner. Drop it sooner and maybe drop it in more parts and then give us a sixth episode. Yes, give us a sixth episode. Give us a movie. I hear there's a movie. I don't know if that's true. I'll take a movie. Yeah, I'll take a movie. Yeah, I'll take a movie. Um, okay, well, I mean, it sounds like we're all pretty much in favor of Echo. We're all excited. It sounds like uh, whether um, whether Tantu could be there or it could be more than Tantu. I'm I'm willing to accept more Tantu. It sounds like we're I, all in favor and we're all excited. I'm not dissing Tantu. She's a I know, I know it's not specific. Incredible actress has no, put in no. the work. I'm just saying it's the British actor curse. <laughs> that there's only five British actors in the world. And and she is one. She is our dame. She's our dame. Cardinal. Yes. Our yes. beloved woman. Yes. Tantu. Dame. It's on is becoming our knight. Sir. Our sir. Our beloved man. <laughs> Council. Councilman. <laughs> Although West Studio yes, yeah. West Studio's Studio's already there. <laughs> yes, he is very much beloved. I think. Yeah, yeah Studi- Studi's a formal Green. a former <laughs> chairperson. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, see you can see that's the five, right? Yeah, they're fine. Wes, Graham, Tantu, Zahn becoming one. Okay, who's going to be the fifth one? I mean, now, your argument initially was the fact that there are basically five women. That's the way I interpret it. There are five women that are cycled through. Yeah. No, no, okay. native it's like, actors. like five, five natives. Native, five like, there's only like, like, there's only five native actors. Yeah, and Tantu's is one woman and she's like every woman (laughs) (laughs) i think she was even lily she was the moon what is she she's the moon in spirit rangers Mm -hmm. (laughs) of course she is (laughs) of course she is of course she's the moon grandmother moon oh absolutely yeah and west duty is her brother son yeah which is super cute I bet it's really cute. They are really cute as the sun and the moon. Yeah. The kind of opposites. Also. The one the one native that I'm surprised I feel like in all of these series I have not seen was Adam Beach. He is glaringly missing. But he was that minor character in Suicide Squad who died within five seconds which is why which is why i didn't watch suicide squad because i was like ah well there is also supposedly his appearance in the upcoming a victor right where the characters are all united whether he will appear or not i think it's sort of a mystery oh Uh, okay yeah but if he's going to be around anywhere it might be in hey victor okay i don't know if i'd count him as our fifth one though but it's close. It's close. Did you you got Graham Green, right? West Duty. West Duty. Tantu. Zon. Zon. Oh, Zon. He's like the junior. What about member. what about Mr. Brownie? Yeah, Gary. Yeah, Gary. Gary I mean, Casey Camp's kind of starting to move up in that list just because she's about to be in the last airbender. So there's six. You're saying there's six. Yeah. I think Reservation Dogs did a really good job of assembling mm-hmm. Avengers Assemble. Avengers Assemble. Ensemble. Angela, do you have any last thoughts? 
my last thoughts are, I hope this does well so that we get more because, and I would encourage everybody to go watch it, get those streaming numbers up. We won't get anything more if you don't tune in. Posting about it on social media is not going to make money for the streamers. You got to watch it. You got to put those those numbers in. Numbers meaning hours, viewing hours. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, watch it. Don't just watch it once. Watch it a couple times. Watch it with other people. And uh, Angel's making a really good point from earlier that so many of these new series are also female-led. Let's also support women superheroes as much as indigenous superheroes and indigenous women superheroes. Um, so, you know, watch Ms. Marvel again and watch the original Hawkeye again and go see Marvels. One thing that I think has proven itself is that when trends run themselves out, they repeat the same ideas. And if the audience is not showing that they like this you're just going to go back to what's been repeated and proven which is a lot more male superhero driven material that is probably not as original or not as interesting because we've seen it you know i this is no different than an election right the the more that you show up at the polls and place your vote by spending money on a ticket or spending your hours viewing this material, uh, the more your candidates will reach farther heights. Uh, vote. That's what I would say. Yeah. And uh, whenever Echo has any sort of uh, events, I would say go to them. If, if there's events in the area, support, because I think also those things count as well. All right. Well, we're excited to see more echo material obviously we want it to drop sooner rather than later we want more episodes um and i'm sure we'll be back once the episodes appear and then we'll, of course we'll probably do our thing then but in the meantime check us out on our social accounts i believe we're real indigenous pod is that on the on instagram, instagram green yeah real indigenous pod on the instagram green <laughs> and then uh, check out our patreon uh, please support us because we're still in need. Uh, support your native artists, your creative natives. Um, okay. Well, as always, uh, we will see you next time on the same indigenous. What What do we say? The same indigenous, same indigenous time, same indigenous. We'll see channel. you <laughs> at the same indigenous time on the same indigenous channel. And like always, don't just keep it real. Keep it. Keep it. Real, real indigenous. indigenous. Great.